Hey everyone, and welcome to the Soul Anchor Podcast, where together we'll discover how to stay anchored in a storm and how to thrive. I've invited some friends that I deeply admire and whose authentic stories will encourage you to embrace hope when the waves crash. These are friends who have navigated some fairly deep waters of unthinkable circumstances, but they've arrived back on shore resilient and strong. We will also have a segment, what I call Anchor Coaching, We'll all answer your questions about what to do and how to stand strong in a storm and give some practical helps on how to navigate that. And we'll also be talking about just some fun things like staying sane, how to keep our sense of humor, how to stay distracted, so to speak, from the heaviness of the storm. And so hopefully that will be an encouragement to you as well. So I am your host, Cynthia Cavanaugh, and I am so glad you are here. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Soul Anchor today. And as you know, every other week, we do what I like to call Anchor Thoughts, where I bring to you a little teaching, some thoughts that God's been showing me just as a way of encouragement as we focus on the thread of this thought and theme, the idea of how to stay anchored in a storm. And I don't know about you, but it seems like we finished summer off with a bang, at least here on the West Coast. What I mean by that is it seemed almost like the sky looked like an uh, apocalypse. I was trying to hesitate there. I was going to say that word, apocalypse. It was dark, the sun was red, it was so smoky here, and I was kind of bemoaning the fact that, you know, we often don't have, you know, end of summer, lots of fun, sunny days uh, heading into September, and this was one of the year that we had that, and so I was kind of complaining a little bit to God about, gee, like, huh, we have this smoke, we can't even sit out on the deck, and and then when I'm reading about all the horrible wildfires and people that barely had enough to, time to get out and lost everything, it sure put my thoughts in perspective that I was glad that I still had a home to be in and still, you know, could go about my day and, and planning when my life wasn't turned upside down like so many. And uh, let's, you know, I hope that we're remembering together, remembering all the suffering that's happened as a result of these wildfires. And I tell you, when you hear it on the news and when you're in the thick of it, it's a little bit different. And my sister and I, as you know, were down in California helping my dad move. And two days after he moved, a fire broke out just over the ridge that turned into this sweeping fire that, you know, leveled several buildings and homes. And fortunately, my dad was out of the fray of the worst of it. But it was really scary being in the moment of it and actually seeing it happen and hearing the helicopters and the sirens and watching every night and going to sleep wondering whether or not we would have to evacuate or not. And so it's frightening. It's a frightening place to be in. And I just, you know, I don't know what I would do without, you know, living from a place of peace in Jesus, knowing that he holds our lives in his hands. And it's just such a scary thing. So whether it's you know, wildfires, hurricanes, relational storms, um, illness, 
you know, everything seems to be a little bit upside down right now, even on a heightened, um, just on a heightened level, you know, a heightened scale for us all around. So how do we, how do we keep trusting God? How do we keep staying in the center of the eye of the storm with Jesus and hanging on? Well, I wanted to share with you some things that I read last week um, in my time reading out of Psalm 71, actually where I landed one day. And after I read it and was meditating on it, I really felt like God was saying, this is what I want you to share with the Soul Anchor listeners. And so that's what I'm going to do with you today. And there's a couple of verses that really struck out uh, to me or stuck out to me, struck out as well too, kind of hit me over the head. And one of the things I love about God's word is that, you know, you can read it over and over so many times. And I've read this particular Psalm many, many times. God has actually used this particular Psalm in my life on a number of occasions, but he really underscored some significant things for me in this particular Psalm when I read it this time. And so I'm calling our time together here, our anchor thoughts of, you know, Will we or can we trust God and trust him alone? And what does that look like? What what does that mean? What kind of instruction does God give us when we are just trying to hold on for dear life and there's all things coming against us? And maybe, you know, we're not in a significant storm, but we see the storm all the way around us and it's frightening. It kind of scares us. And so I read this week in Psalm 71, and I'm going to focus mostly on verse uh, 14, but I want to read um, just uh, the 14 and 15, actually, because that's what I want to focus on. So it says here, but I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts of your deeds of salvation all the day for their number is past my knowledge. Now, in the context of this, the writer of this particular psalm is asking God to come close to him or her, and there has been some persecution or some accusers that have come against them, and but they're turning it around when it says, actually, I'll read verse 13. It says, may my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn and disgrace. May they be covered who seek my hurt. So this is what the psalmist is facing, is they're facing being misunderstood being hurt um, by accusers of that have come against them. And, but in turn, this is what they're saying. They're saying, I will hope, but I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. Now, I didn't do my homework on this to see if David actually wrote this psalm. Most likely he did. He did write most of the psalms. So whether he was talking about someone coming against him or it was written by someone else, the writer, whether it be David or someone else, um, says, but I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. So there's three things that came out of this when I was reading it that I just wanted to pass on to you that I thought were so good. And You know, one of the things is when we're in a struggle, I'm just going to tell you this little story first before I share the three things is when we're in a struggle, and if you're like me, I'm very independent and I like to figure things out myself. I'm a problem solver and I will work at it relentlessly 
until I can figure it out. Sometimes to my own, you know, my, to, to my own, how do I want to say it? To my own chagrin, so to speak, or to my own hurtfulness, to hurting myself because I'm not willing to actually reach out for help. And I don't know if it's so much that I don't want help as much as I think I want to try and figure it out myself. And it kind of reminds, reminds me of my grandkids when they come over and, you know, a, a few of my grandkids are pretty strong-willed and they are very independent. You know, others will immediately come to me for help and asking, but I have a few um, in particular that when they are trying to figure something out, they want to figure it out themselves. They don't want my help and I'm standing there watching them struggling, even shedding tears at some point, And I keep gently suggesting, okay, I could help you with that. Would you like to see a different way to do that? And, you know, in return, I get this, no, no, Nana, I'm going to figure it out. I want to do it myself. I do it myself. And so, you know, you sit there and you watch them struggle and struggle until they fall in a heap in a puddle of tears and angst and frustration till they finally, you know, kind of throw themselves down on the ground and say, okay, I want, I want you to help me now. And they didn't have to go through all that because I was standing right there willing and ready to help them. And I think, you know, God gave me a picture of that is that, you know, it's okay to want to be a problem solver and it's okay to want to try to help yourself and figure things out. But there comes a point where I need to let go of my pride and really I need to ask God for help and not try to do it myself. And he doesn't expect me to do it myself. He, he says that he is my strength and my song, that he is my help in times of trouble, and I can call on him for that. And so when I was reading this, it just reminded me of how much that I need to depend on God in a greater way and that how how in the past and in the present at times that I am trying to do it in my own strength. And really, it even goes beyond being independent and goes beyond of kind of shutting God out and really to a point of not you know, surrendering to God and trusting him. It's really, I think, a trust issue. And so the first part of the verse says, but I will hope continually. And I was just meditating on that. I will hope continually. And that word, I looked that word up continually. And it means it's from an unused root. That's what it says. An unused root meaning to stretch or be constant. And so I thought, okay, I have to be stretched to hope, to hope in a constant way, continually, that I have to push myself, so to speak. This is kind of the picture I, I got when I was thinking of stretch. It was almost like a rubber band, right? Like if you pull a rubber band too far, it might break. But if you gently keep stretching and keep pulling it gently, you know, it's going to work for you, right? And so God kind of gave me that image and that visual of thinking that I need to be placing my hope in him continually. It's not a one-time thing. I need to stretch myself, so to speak, to trust him. I need to stretch myself to trust him and not try to figure it out on myself, by myself or in my own strength. And that word hope in that passage means to wait, be pain, to trust. And so I interpret this 
first part to hope continually to stretch myself to be in a constant state of waiting okay to stretch myself to be in a constant state of waiting i'm hoping continually i'm believing i'm putting my trust in the one that has everything figured out that knows the big picture and he is my hope and my strength so that's the first thing that god showed me the second thing that God showed me is that it says, but I will hope continue and will praise you yet more and more. So that really jumped out at me at first. In fact, that was the first kind of epiphany I got there is that God was saying, when you're hoping and you're wanting something and you're waiting for something to happen, you're trusting in, you're in the middle of the storm, you're in the middle of a hard time, you need to hope, but you also need to praise me more and more. In other words, don't stop praising. Don't just praise one or two times. Don't just give it lip service, but praise him more and more. And it was there that God began to help me to see the connection between hoping continually and praising. It's like, if I praise him yet more and more, that's going to infuse my hope to keep hoping, to hope continually. So it's kind of like a circle. You know, hope is on one spectrum, the praise on the, is on the other. And as I move along, hoping continually and stretching myself to place my trust and my strength in God, hoping, and as I'm applying that in praising Him and thanking Him and being grateful and having a heart of gratitude and praising Him yet more and more, then God is going to strengthen my hope. And I just saw that as a correlation. And it was just really powerful for me in the moment, that connection of how hope and praise go together. Now, so how do we do that? How do we praise him yet more and more? Well, I think the answer comes in the third thing in this verse that I really saw is that it says in verse 15, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the days for their number is past my knowledge. So what I love about this verse is that the writer is saying here that there are so many amazing things to talk about God that you can't even comprehend how many, that the number is past my ability to comprehend. So when I tell of God's righteous acts or tell of the his faithfulness that he has done in my life in the past, what that does, it helps me. It's like a cycle again. It helps me to hope. It helps me to praise him more and more as I confess and tell with my mouth how God has brought me through other times, other storms, other difficulties in my life. And that word salvation where it says, you know, uh, my mouth tells of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation. Salvation means, in other words, in this particular Hebrew word, it means um, to rescue, deliverance, the help, the victory. So in other words, I'm telling other people and telling myself of how God has delivered me, how he has rescued me, how he has helped me, how he has given me victory in the past. And I should have so many of those by thinking about those that I can't even comprehend it. I can't even comprehend how big and how wide and how long of a list I could actually make about how God has delivered me and rescued me over and over and over again in my life and kept me secure in his love 
and his faithfulness. And that was just so encouraging to me. And one of the things um, I, I love looking up, you know, I, I use the Faith Life Logos Bible study software. And so I just, it's super easy. I, I use it on my phone. I use it on my computer. And, you know, you can just hold your finger over the word in the scripture and it will say, you know, look up, search or study, and it will give you the meaning. You can get some commentaries on that as well, get deeper meanings. And I love doing that. And so when I held my finger over the word knowledge, it came out to meaning wisdom, right? Um, and the word number, where it says, for their number is past my knowledge, that came out was very interesting, the art of writing, okay? So thinking about writing, it, the number of what I could comprehend of what God's done for me and how he's rescued me, delivered me, I can't even write I can't even fill enough pages. I can't, you know, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of pages in writing down what he's done for me that would be endless, right? That's how I interpret that. That's how, how it spoke to me is, is, is in that, that there's so many things that God has done to help me and to rescue me that I could fill thousands of pages over. So why not start, right? So if I don't want to lose my hope in a storm, if I want to stay centered, I want to keep myself in the eye of the storm, then these three things in the Psalm 71 verse, to hope continually daily, you know, to stretch myself, to keep seeing the bigger picture, to keep putting my trust in God, to keep my strength up by, you know, leaning in, being tight with God, staying in his word hanging close to him so that I can hope continually and then to praise him more and more that hope and that praise, making that connection, how they work together. And then the way I do that is, you know, telling, confessing, not just to myself, but to others. And I just had a conversation uh, last month. We had our grandkids over for the weekend and I decided that we would have a little time at breakfast time. We were doing Camp Kavanaugh and I would tell them my story, tell them my story of how I found Jesus as a young teenager and how he revealed himself to me. And that's why I wanted to follow Christ. And then, you know, little dropping little hints along the way of the faithful things that God has done in, in my life and how he has helped me. And, you know, we could speak of God's goodness all day long if we, if we tried, right? If we really tried. And that would be my challenge to all of us is that we would tell of God's amazing deeds, the deeds of salvation that he has done, the way he's rescued us, the way he's delivered us, the way he's helped us, the things he's given us victory over in our lives. And that goes beyond what we could even write about in several pages or several books. And so those are the little nuggets that I received out of there of just holding fast to God in a storm and staying in the eye of the storm and being close to him to hope continually, praise him more and more, and then tell of his amazing deeds in my life. And I hope that that would be a help to you that whatever you're facing right now, and I know so many of us are struggling right now. You know, we are seven months into this pandemic and it's not, it has not gone away and it's, you know, life is, is not certain. There's lots of things that are changing. 
you know, in six weeks or so, we have um, an election in our country and it seems everybody is fighting with each other and there's all kinds of chaos going on. And like I said, if you're not experiencing something on top of that yourself personally, it's easy to get caught up in the madness and the chaos of the world and forget that God knows that none of this is taking him by surprise. And I really believe that all these things that are happening, that we're observing and being caught up in, that God is showing us, he's revealing to us, um, you know, how to trust him deeper, how to hold on deeper, how to be, you know, to stand strong in a storm, how to gird ourselves up with more truth and that we need to strengthen ourselves during this time so that whatever lies ahead, you know, we will have a sure foundation to keep putting one foot in front of the other as we face whatever may come our way. And so I just really appreciate you joining me every week. And I just love having this time with you. I love interviewing guests and I love the fact that we can just talk about what's on our heart. And so I just, I, I just want to take time to, to pray for you right now as we uh, close out this session of the anchor thoughts and just, just remember that, you know, God's he's with you. You're not alone. And oh, that's one of the things I wanted to share with you too as I wrap up is I was listening today to Lauren Daigle's song, You Alone. And I really encourage you when you get off this podcast to look it up and listen to it. You know, you can just go to YouTube and, and look for it, You Alone by Lauren Daigle. But there's a phrase in there that is so powerful to me that just brings it home for me when she sings and she says, The cross, remi the cross reminds my heart to trust your love and faithfulness will always be enough just bringing it back to the heart of the gospel the heart of the gospel is the cross of jesus christ and that's what helps remind my heart to trust and to remember that god's love and faithfulness will always be enough no matter what we're facing so god i just thank you for this time that we've had together i thank you for the strength and the wisdom and the encouragement that we can get from your word and i pray god that you would give us the courage and the strength to remember to hope continually and to not always try to do it in our own strength, not know, not feeling that we have to just be these amazing superhero overcomers, but God, that you actually are the one that by your spirit gives us the strength to do and to stand strong in a storm. And God, I love the verse in Ephesians 6.10 that says, that talks about before we talk about putting on the armor, that it's in your strength. It's by your strength that we stand, God, that we stand in your power and your strength. So I pray that for my listeners as they are facing different things in their life. I pray that they would feel strengthened today. I pray that you would give them the hope, a renewed hope that they can hope continually, that you will stretch them to hope continually. And that in that God, that you will push them, so to speak, as you're pushing me to praise you yet more and more, not just to settle for a little bit of praise, but to continually praise you yet more and more. And then so I can confess with my mouth and tell of the wonderful things that you've done and how you've rescued me and you've saved me and that you would do the same for my listeners. So Father, we just thank you 
We ask these things in your most precious name. Amen. As always, every week we like to have a little anchor coaching time where I either answer a question from you or, as I've been doing recently, posing a question for you to answer in reflection. And so I'm just going to follow up with that today. And as we, as you know, we've talked about what it looks like to hope continually, praise God more and more, and then tell of His amazing deeds that he has done for us, how he's delivered us, how he's rescued us. And as I shared my story earlier about my grandkids struggling with asking for help, I know that at times it's hard to trust God and God alone when we want to do it ourselves, when we're trying to figure it out ourselves. And we might feel like or believe the lie that God doesn't want to help us, that we that he wants us to struggle and figure it out alone. So my question for you this week is, what do you need to do to trust God and trust him alone? And Psalm 62 is a good reminder of this because the writer in the psalm, the name of the psalms is, my soul waits for God alone. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. It says it a few times in here. He alone is my rock and my salvation. And I think when we get to that point where we realize that really in God alone, he's the only one that can fully understand all of the details of the picture that we find ourselves in, that that's a place where we can really rest and live from a place of peace in our life. And So what is it that's keeping you from trusting God and trusting Him alone for your circumstance today? What is that? So I just challenge you, I challenge myself to think about that and realize, you know, what is it? What what do I try to fall back on to figure it out myself and then kind of take it back from God instead of just leaving it with Him? And when I leave it with Him, that's then I can live from a place of peace. So what do you and I need to do to trust God and trust Him alone? That's my question for you this week. And just as a reminder too, you know, I have a few books I want to give away from previous guests. We had Linda Goldfarb and we also had Kathy Collard Miller this past month. And they both have offered books to share with our listeners. And so if you go to my Facebook page, Cynthia Cavanaugh, or my Instagram account, Cynthia Cavanaugh, and find those memes, those pictures that talk about the different episodes we had, and you can make a comment in there on the different pictures, and then I will put your name in a drawing, and I would love to get those books out to a lucky winner to be able to have some encouragement and resources for what you might be experiencing or pass on to someone else. Thanks so much for joining me today on The Soul Anchor. Grab a friend and join our community at thesoulanchor.com. That's thesoulanchor.com to receive the show notes and resources to help you through your personal storm. If you've been encouraged today, would you please consider leaving a review, subscribing or sharing this podcast, or maybe even all three? 
I'd be ever so grateful. Until next time, remember, you are not alone. God is for you, and you will get through this.